We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. How would, how would you evaluate your season? Uh, I think we ain't done yet. You, for you personally? I think we ain't done yet. Right. Welcome to another edition of the Butting Heads Podcast. Proud part of Ramstock Radio and the Blue Wire Podcast Network, the best place to get all your podcasts. I'm Steve Barrow. Here's all with Johnny Gomez. Johnny, last week we did a pod about Wednesday night. We speculated if the Bobby Wagner signing was actually going to happen. And it was basically a bunch of speculation. And then probably, what, 15 hours later... They actually signed Bobby Wagner, and that pod became useless. So today we're going to actually talk about Bobby Wagner being on the team. How are you doing, man? I feel a lot better now that Bobby Wagner is actually on the team. It is delightful. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, I mean, um, I I don't know if if you can recall, but, you know, when we first started talking about Bobby Wagner, even before – the uh, podcast, uh, you know, I, t- I was talking to Steve thinking that this probably isn't going to happen because, you know, we hadn't heard a whole lot. And then hearing about um, pretty much close to nothing. And then all of a sudden, hey, he's a Ram. <laughs> so, uh, yep. you know, I'm glad I was wrong. Yeah, it, it's ice here. Uh, he's wearing number 45. He signed a five-year, $50 million contract. The numbers aren't fully out yet on this contract. Uh, the latest rumors are Pro Football Talk said they believe it's going to pay out $6.5 million this year. Ian Rappaport said the other day that year one is definitely lower than $10 million and it's kind of like a pay-as-you-go deal. It's five years. It doesn't seem like the money is really guaranteed for five years. So, I mean, like, first impressions of the signing, this is fucking awesome, man. We signed Bobby fucking Wagner. Uh, We have three probably first ballot Hall of Famers on the defense now, if not first ballot, surefire Hall of Famers. I mean, I guess we did last year, too, for half the season, but... Now we have a Hall of Famer on the front line. We have a Hall of Famer in the middle, and we have a Hall of Famer in the secondary. It is pretty nuts that he's here, and at $6.5 million on this year, and if it kind of feels like that five-year, $50 million number isn't totally real, it, it, it feels like a no-brainer given what's on the market. I mean, this is dope, dude. We have Bobby Wagner. He played for our rival for 10 years, and now he's on our team. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I'm happy you brought that up, too, because, you know, Bobby Wagner tries to compose himself as a professional, uh, at least from hearing him talk anyway. 
trying to say that he's not trying to keep his emotions out there, but he was definitely not happy that he wasn't told that he was going to be cut by the Seattle Seahawks. And considering he gave his prime years to the Seattle Seahawks, that's not a good thing to do. I mean, you know, you would at least hope that they'd talk to him, say, hey, you know, unfortunately we're going in a different direction kind of thing. But instead they just outright cut him. And it and from the sounds of it, it sounds like he found out through like social media or through the news somehow. Not a good look for the Seahawks. But on top of that, now he's going to play against his former team twice a year. And you know that he's going to be playing with a chip on his shoulder. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that's probably one of the worst things that could happen to Seattle. And I, I bet they're kind of regretting the decision now. <laughs> well... I, I don't know. It's I it, clearly it doesn't feel like they're trying to contend this year. Nope. Like I, I'm not. I'm not saying they're going to throw in the towel, but if they he haven't, lost their quarterback though. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. Like if they haven't added a quarterback yet, they're clearly not pushing the chips in for 2022. And so, get, like, yeah, Bobby Wagner going to your division rival sucks, but. You know, I'm sure they're happy he's going to a contender. Like, in, in, a, in I'm sure the fans aren't, but I'm sure the organization is happy for him. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I would hope that there is some, some you know, because I, I don't imagine that the Seahawks made it a personal thing. Um, it just kind of felt that way to, to Bobby Wagner. And I would sincerely hope that there is some sort of friendship or uh, respect that that's there for him in in the organization. But I have to say, though, that was that was pretty bad to just outright cut him and not tell him. Oh yeah, I'm sure they regret that part of the decision. Yep. I did. I don't know if they they uh, regret the decision itself. Um. I lost my train of thought. Oh, Bobby Wagner. Duh. <laughs> I, it, so the Rams are definitely excited about this. Les Snead has been saying during this entire cycle that Bobby Wagner is probably the player he regrets most not drafting. It seems like they thought he was going to fall farther than he did, and Seattle jumped ahead of him with the 47th pick in 2012 to select um, Bobby, Johnny, the Rams had three second round picks in that draft. Can you name the two players that they took over Bobby Wagner in the second round of the 2012 draft? Oh man, that's going way back. Was that the, the year of the Brian quick draft? Yes, it was. Wow. I remembered one 33. They took Brian quick. Uh, 39, they took Janoris Jenkins, which, to be fair, was a good pick. Um, It would have been much better if we got Janoris and then Bobby, but I, I guess you hit on one of the two. I, I'm i super stoked about this, man. It's The contract numbers don't look like they're breaking the bank, and you could say the Rams had bigger needs on their defense, sure, but... You know me, if you're a long-time listener, I have been bitching about the inside linebackers for like a long time. It felt great when they drafted Ernest Jones, and now by adding Bobby Wagner, you're good at that position. Barring an injury, no other inside linebackers are going to get playing time this year besides Bobby and Ernest Jones. You know, I, I like Traven Howard. If these two guys are healthy, he shouldn't see the field because it should either be two linebacker sets with Bobby Wagner and Ernest Jones or a one linebacker set with whoever fits the situation more. I like Ernest Jones. I feel like it's going to be unlikely that he fits any situation more than Bobby Wagner. Maybe, (laughs) but man, I'm stoked about this. He's a great player. And when you lose Von Miller, that's the guy they wanted to put all their chips around this offseason. Ultimately, it doesn't happen. You have to pivot. You get Allen Robinson. You bring in Bobby Wagner. They're, neither of them were at massive positions of need, 
but both guys are going to really add a lot to this team and Wagner specifically. Another another thing that people aren't, you know, talking a ton about is when Jordan Fuller went down last year, the Rams didn't really have an, a, a voice on the defense. I mean, I don't have Aaron Donald, but like they put the blue dot on or the green dot, whoever who's calling the defense. They put it on Troy Reader, which is insane. And then ultimately they put it on uh, Eric Weddle in the championship game. And so you have to imagine that, you know, even though Jordan Fuller did a fine job wearing the dot last year, this is the guy who's probably wearing the dot. This is going to be the vocal leader of your defense because Aaron Donald, as great as he is, he's, he's never really been that guy. And that was one thing he said Von Miller really pushed him to do the, the, during the postseason run. So you're just you're bringing in a leader, a Hall of Fame talent who's still really good. You know, he might not be at his best right now, but he's still pretty close to it. It feels like a no-brainer for for the price you're getting him at, and I am thrilled about this. It people have noted on Twitter, you know, I I feel like I've said leader like nine times, but losing Robert Woods and Andrew Whitworth and Johnny Hecker, those are three big voices and on on the locker room. I feel like three leaders on this team for a long time, and so I think it does mean a lot to bring in a guy like Bobby Wagner into this locker room to kind of. It's a new face, but it'll add, you know, somebody, I don't know, just like a, a guy who can really lead this team. And I'll be shocked if Wagner's not wearing a C on his chest week one next year. You know, that that's, um, that's a lot of good points there. First of all, um, you're getting a potential leader, not even a potential, you're getting a leader for just $6.5 million this year. And a little over ten million for the next couple years um, that we know of, anyway. How often can you really say that? You know, that's that's insanity. And you're essentially making the middle of the defense one of your strongest points of your defense, which is a complete three hundred and sixty from ever really. Uh, and and uh, I think kind of the thing that we we kind of lose sight of just because of how big of a name Bobby Wagner is, is the fact that you have a very talented young guy in Ernest Jones there that we're all pretty high on that can essentially learn from one of the best ever play the, uh, at the position. So that in and of itself is worth its, uh, you know, worth the contract completely. You're getting not only a mentor – uh, you're not only getting a great player, but this is going to be an amazing tandem. And and just having these two guys together, I think, is going to be, you know, a big strong point for this defense. And, uh, you know, you, you lose Von Miller. Uh, and, yeah, that that's going to hurt a lot. But Bobby Wagner is definitely someone that you, you can get behind. I, I think there's no question he was a chief. And... Uh, I think he has a lot left in him, just like Von Miller does. So, uh, yeah, absolute slam dunk of a of a signing here. And <laughs> there's just you, you can go on and on about how how good this is going to make this uh, this defense. Uh, but yeah, I, I would also be surprised if he's not wearing the green dot, um, even if they give it back to jo- Jordan Fuller, which I I, I wouldn't oppose the idea. But if um, even if they do, should happen to Jordan Fuller again next season, you got a backup leader right there. Yeah, I I would rather throw it on Wagner. And oh, yeah, no question. this is definitely this is going to help Ernest Jones, man. You know, this isn't like if we had a young wide receiver, or, or this isn't like if we have if we're trying to develop Cam Akers and we sign Jonathan Taylor. And he takes all of his touches. These guys are going to be on the field at the same time. It's not like Ernest Jones isn't going to play. He's going to play a lot. And it's like the Rams are going to design their defense around their talent. You know, they basically built a defense around Jalen Ramsey with it, with his star position. It's not like he was playing that his whole career. They built that to tailor to his strengths and kind of cover up some of the weaknesses of the rest of the secondary. And so when you have when you have Bobby Wagner, him and Ernest Jones are probably two of the 
six, seven best guys on the defense. And so they're going to play a lot. We're probably going to be in mostly two linebacker sets all the time with these two because you don't want them off the field. You know, you would rather have these guys on the field and design the defense around their strength. And in a little, we're going to talk about like what we think the Rams should address with their limited draft capital. You have Von Miller walk out the door. You have Darius Williams walk out the door. You have Oboe walk out the door. You are thin at edge rusher and at cornerback. You're going to need to rely on these guys for a lot of different reasons. And Bobby especially, I think he's going to be called on to be a pass rusher more often than people would think to kind of fill the void. You know, obviously, he's not filling Von Miller's void. But to just add, he's a good pass rusher, and it's going to add something to that defense where because – they they haven't added an edge rusher, and so you know they have yeah they have Aaron Donald Leonard Floyd they still got a lot of talent there but you're gonna want to use him as a pass rusher when the other guys are gonna be the Justin Hollins Terrell Lewis whoever the fuck they add in the draft mortgage board unless they go out and sign somebody else which they still can this move is not gonna break the bank they still have a lot of restructure opportunities but obviously there's not there's still a lot of talent out there but. They're not linked to anyone else right now on the free agency market except Odell. And so I, I, I we'll see what happens there. But uh, th- this is going to help out in a lot of ways, even if it's not at a glaring position to need. I think because you, you, you hit the nail on the head right there, uh, because I, I do think that the Rams are going to be targeting someone, but it's someone we're already familiar with, and that's Odell Beckham. Um, I, I truly believe Odell comes back this year and obviously he's, he won't be free, but he certainly won't be, or he shouldn't be that expensive either. Uh, the thing is there's still not a ton of cap space and yeah, they could certainly restructure a, a contract or two here. Um, but it's something they have to be leery of, uh, moving forward, uh, because, you know, the more they do this, obviously, the less cap they're going to have later on. And, uh, you know, each year you're going to have expiring contracts and it's going to be tougher and tougher to not let these guys go. So that's fine. Um, kick, kick the can down the road as far as you can. Let's get another title this year. <laughs> Fair enough. I like that. idea. <laughs> like, come on. But uh, but um, it is it is uh, as as easy as it is to say it's easier said than done. Um, but I do have confidence in less need. Um, now here's, here's where it gets a little bit complicated, uh, because the, the needs that we have, which you've identified pretty much the two biggest ones in, um, in, in a pass rusher and a cornerback, those also are very, very expensive positions, particularly pass rusher. And not that there's a lot to choose from left over anyway. Um, You're basically the only ones that you can really think of would be guys like Clowney or Flowers. If you want, you know, the bigger name, obviously, that's going to be Clowney. Melvin um, Ingram, too. He probably won't be too pricey. Yeah, I I guess you could throw an Ingram. Yeah, that's a fair one to say as well, Um, even though he did kind of fall off a little bit last year. But um, in this kind of defense, I, I think he'll fall back on. Yeah, so. and I think he played better. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. I feel like he played a lot better in Kansas City than he did in Pittsburgh. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the I, I think uh, Pittsburgh had kind of a sad situation going on over there. Uh, <laughs> that was such a disappointing team. Um, but... But uh, you know, hey, they they got they got a team working around over there. They just they're a quarterback away, if you ask me. But um, anyway, mo- moving away from that. Uh, so that that's one hand, and obviously, as I've mentioned, that's going to be a more expensive, you know, outreach if we if we go free agency there, and, and then cornerback, you don't have a lot of options of free agency either. And obviously the biggest name is Gilmore. <laughs> I'd be extremely shocked if the Rams could get Gilmore. But I would, I, if let's put it this way, if the Rams get Gilmore, I, I'm, I'm putting money down that the Rams are winning the Super Bowl. <laughs> like that, 
Oh, I mean, seriously. I mean, can you imagine a duo better than uh, Jalen Ramsey and Gilmore? Are you kidding me? I already accidentally made a bet on the Rams to win the 2023 Super Bowl. So I, I, I hope they do. <laughs> I hope they do. I already got Good money time. down. Hey, hey, go go uh, talk to Les Snead. Tell him to sign Gilmore then. Yeah, it's G- Gilmore and Clowney feel like they're off the table to me. I, I but you never know. Yeah, no this and and Tyron Matthew too. But you really never know this deep in free agency what these guys are looking for, and we'll see. I mean, if uh, we obviously obviously they want to do something with Odell, but. Uh, I don't know. I, I I think it's gonna happen, but there's a lot of balls in the air. It's interesting. I mean, uh, ultimately, like under your head, do you think Odella's side? Do you think they add anyone else in free agency? That's a like a a name, like that's not just like a like a guy off the heap. Um, I I, I feel like there will be a a name. But maybe not the big names that everyone is is hoping for. I'm thinking more along the lines of like the Ingrams or in Flowers of the world, um, which you know, hey, in their own right, they're they're you know they have a lot of potential, and we've seen what the Rams could do with guys that are just anxious to uh, prove themselves. We've seen it with Leonard Floyd. We've seen it with Aaron Robinson. You know, it's not out of the realm of possibility that they can go after one of those guys that are looking to prove themselves and have them shine. So, um, and and it's all boils down to the Aaron Donald effect. I think that's a big part of it. So, um, like I said, it would be nice to to go after the the clownies and Gilmores of the world, but um, truthfully, I would be extremely shocked if the Rams got any of those bigger names. The uh the name the other names I think is certainly doable. It's it, it could be on the table. It just depends on what the market's like. But I, I have to imagine that the market has kind of dwindled down for a lot of these guys. Maybe not for the bigger names, but for guys like Flowers and and uh Ingram to be at this point and still not have a, have a team. I imagine that the, the teams have kind of dwindled down a little bit and that the price tag is, has gone down some. Yeah. You, when you look at the free agency list, like there's a lot of good players here and like, there's going to be money out there for Clowney and for Tyron Matthew and probably for Stefan Gilmore. But like, like you said, like the guys like Melvin Ingram, um, they get the guys like not not that we need these players, but like Julio Jones, Justin Houston, uh, Julio might still get some money, but like Justin Houston and Dominican Sue, Dante Hightower, like those guys on the older side, Joe Hayden too. Older guys that can still go, but they're not like you know they're not Bobby Wagner and they're not Von Miller right now. They are clearly past their prime, like clear as day. And that's not to say they're bad, but ultimately I think those type of guys come like after the draft if teams kind of settle up on their positions and the market's gone like you know, tell me if there's no market for Joe Hayden he wouldn't come here for like three million dollars you know like I don't know if I'd necessarily want him bad but like shit we need something there so like I feel like those kind of players yeah they probably will land a name in that market but for like the guys that are gonna be a little higher price like the like the clownies of the world I, I don't really see that happening We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. No, no, I... It's nice to dream a little bit, but I, I mean, haven't we lo- uh, lived a little bit in the dream part? I mean, we we added Bobby Wagner, which was a player that you know I kind of figured the Rams were interested. I, I didn't ever doubt that they'd ever not be interested in a guy like Bobby Wagner, but I had my doubts on him joining this team, and hell, that happened. So uh, you know, I, I think we can say that we've already lived. Um, with this idea of adding these names. Now I think it's time for the Rams to kind of look at, you know, some decent names there, but maybe not the the biggest, sexiest names out there. Um, And and there could be, you know, a few guys that uh, we haven't brought up and just haven't even realized that they're free agents uh, that they could, that they could be looking at. So um, I don't think that they're done necessarily with free agents, but I don't think it's going to be the the big names that we're anxious to hear. Yeah, it's and like 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 you said, it's considering that we lost Von Miller. This offseason has been a huge success. Like, not not I wouldn't not it's not a huge success because they lost Von Miller, but like what they did responding to that has been great. They they retain Joe Nopum and Brian Allen, two guys they needed to retain. And uh, I think we talked about Brian Allen's contract a bit ago, but his contract is basically like nothing if you really look at it, which is fucking great. Um, and you bring in Al Robinson and you bring in Bobby Wagner, two guys that are going to make their position groups much better, in my opinion. So it, it, we'll see what happens, but I think free agency-wise, they, they did a good job. This kind of solidifies it. Just like looking at the uh, the free agency list too, man. The the running back market is so sad. Like, Sony Michelle hasn't signed, and he's not like Melvin Gordon's still out there. Like nobody wants to pay these guys, man. It's crazy. Yeah, it's 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 weird because it you know so many of these positions have kind of flipped. You know, at, at one point. You, you would see interior linemen get paid close to nothing, and now they're extremely expensive to retain. And then running backs were being paid like one of the top-tiered players, and now just to get them a job right now is kind of hard because you could find quality players as undrafted free agents, and they can be your starters. I mean, look at James Robinson with the Jaguars. You know, they, he was an undrafted free agent and he, and he just came in, they plugged him in, they started, they, they even, they forgot about any sort of uh, paying any sort of guy out there. So (laughs) it's almost no need to sign, you know, the Melvin Gordons of the world. So it's crazy, man, because he's good, dude. Like Sony Michelle is like solid. Melvin Gordon's like legitimately a good running back. I, I'm not. I'm not trying to knock Sony Michelle. Like, if you enter this season with Melvin Gordon as your RB one, like nobody's. You're not mad about it. Like, I'm not saying you're pissed if Sony Michelle's your RB one, but like you feel good about the group if Melvin Gordon's leading it because he's a good player. No, he's not a like he's not like a top ten workhorse back, but he could be a workhorse back. He could play every down if you want him, and he's just sitting there and like. I don't know who needs him because nobody wants to invest in this position. The The teams that are good and have needs at running back, they don't want to spend their cap on running backs. And the teams that are bad that have needs at running back, they don't want to spend their cap at running backs. The Texans just signed fucking Marlon Mack, dude. Because I'm sure, like, Melvin Gordon's probably asking for, like, six, seven million, and Marlon Mack's probably like, shit, I'll take two. I don't know what his number is, but uh, it's just crazy. Like, he's legit good. Like, I, I hope he goes somewhere where he could be useful. 
But like, rather than invest in Melvin Gordon, like the Dolphins are getting the smorgasbord of Chase Edmonds and Raheem Mostert. The the Bills signed Duke Johnson. Like it's it's kind of just crazy that he's just sitting there, and I don't really know where he goes. I don't know what makes sense at a, as a landing spot. Wouldn't shock me if he just winds up back in Denver on a cheap deal at this rate. Yeah, I, I would be very shocked if he doesn't end up back in Denver at this point because <laughs> I, I it's just so weird that uh, a big name like that. And, and really, like you brought up Marlon Mack, who I think is a solid running back in and of himself, but would I prefer him over, you know, Melvin Gordon? Hell no. Uh, but I take Sonny just... Michelle over him too. Uh, yeah, yeah, I guess you could say that. Uh, it doesn't surprise me too much that Sonny Michelle is still a free agent because I feel like this is probably going to be a guy that's going to be signed, you know, probably during the middle of, uh, of, uh, training camp or preseason when injuries start to occur, um, that, that I kind of figured, but for Melvin Gordon to still be available is just insanity. Like, I I have no idea how he's still available. Yeah, and just, like, looking at the standings, like, everybody's kind of filled the, filled the position. Like, like, the teams that are out there that could use a running back, like, the Eagles could certainly fucking use him. Um, the Falcons, but I don't, the, uh, they're not going to sign him. The, <laughs> like, is that it? Like, like those are the only running back needy teams in the league right now. I the Texans could still use him, but I don't think they're gonna. No, no, I don't think so either. Uh, I mean, I guess you could say the Jaguars. Uh, I don't know. Well, I don't know how they feel about James Robinson, but well, he's hurt. But um, even if they're not banking on him being back by week one, they took a running back in the first round last year. Like that's right. That's right. I forgot about him. <laughs> I know the urban regime is over, but like you, um, unless James Robinson is done for the year, which it doesn't appear to be that way. Um, you, you should rock with those two dudes. If he was done for the year, I'd say, yeah, go get Melvin Gordon. You might as well. It's crazy. Still the biggest question mark why they drafted a running back last year. Well, I think it played out as expected with how urban Meyer, uh, tenure went and then you know their off-season decision making this year without Urban Meyer it's clear that they just have no idea what they're fucking doing Christian Kirk <laughs> Christian Kirk Zay Jones Evan Ingram a Harris lot of great Williams. great pass catchers um let's high level talk about the draft we'll bring in some draft guys hopefully over the next couple weeks um Talk about specific prospects. I, w- I want to start with this, Johnny. The Rams don't pick until one oh four. That's the second to last pick in the third round. Like, I really wonder if entering the draft, that's the latest a team has made their first pick ever. I feel like it's got to be pretty close to that. <laughs> and so, this question is going to sound ridiculous after that statement. Do they make this pick because? I don't fucking think they make this pick. I think they're going to do I, I think they're going to do what Les Snead always does every year. You're, he's going to get Rams fans excited for this pick which I don't know how excited you can be for essentially a fourth round pick. I know it's a third round, but it might as well be a fourth round pick. Hey, Ernest Jones went at that pick last year. That's true. That is true. There, there are quality players to be had later in the draft. But if we know anything about Les Snead is fuck them picks. <laughs> no, nah, I mean, he, he does like the draft picks. It's just he he doesn't feel would overvalue them and covet, you know, these first round picks. And even second round picks, and in the case of this year, pretty much third round picks. So, um, unless there's someone absolutely someone they can they cannot live without, I feel like they're going to trade down into day three. Yeah, because, because like because why not? Yeah, because you're on the border. Like 
you look at day three, like Denver's picking 115, 116. You know, there's a lot of teams picking a couple times here. They could probably, like, if you could offer two fourth-round picks for that pick, even if they're late forts, I think you take it, unless you really have somebody you like that's there. I, I think they're either going up or they're going back, and I think they're more likely going back because that's what history has told us about this team over the last couple of years. I could see them going up, but um, I guess it just depends how the, how the board falls for them because they don't pick till 104. So I, at that point, you might as well just get a couple forts and take it, throw as many darts at the board as you can. And I, that's kind of been their philosophy. I feel like it's going to be their philosophy again. <laughs> I would be entirely shocked if the Rams move up. Mind you, I know that you're probably not suggesting that they're going to go into day one or anything. No, no, like they could maybe they trade 104 and 142 to move up to the early third. Like if there's somebody they like, they're not they're not getting into day one. Uh, And they're probably (laughs) they probably don't have enough capital to get into the second round either, unless they deal like like Van Jefferson or or somebody like that. And after the Robert Woods trade, I I don't think that happens. No, (laughs) no. No, I would highly doubt that Robert Woods gets more trade value than than or I mean uh, Van Jefferson rather gets more trade value than Robert Woods. Oh no, well, I mean like it would be Van Jefferson plus a pick to get to get up high. <laughs> They're not getting it a day one regardless. Like it's literally impossible. It would probably be a bad trade at that point. Yeah, yeah, and I as we've learned from Les Need, he he doesn't mind drafting the lower rounds, and to their credit. We've struck gold with some of these lower round draft picks. That's why it's kind of comical hearing some some uh, analysts and some fans talk about how the Rams just um, you know sign players, and, and it's like, dude, are you are you serious? Have you not seen some of these guys that the Rams have found in later rounds? Guys like the Jordan Fullers of the world that are incredible players. You know, uh, maybe they're not the top player of of their position, except for Aaron Donald. But, um, you know, they they draft well. They don't have to have a first-round pick. Hell, they don't even have to have a second- or third-round pick. They they draft extremely well. So even though they may not be the sexiest picks each year, they make them work, and – you know, that's not to say that they haven't struck out either because clearly they have. But I feel like you can't be successful with every single pick you have. Yeah, it's I'm like mixed on it because A, they they have had a lot of success in the third day of the draft, but B, like it's it's not a sustainable business model to be like, Well, we drafted Jordan Fuller, so we'll do it again. You know what I mean? Like but I also like that doesn't that's not that's a vacuum way to look at it like they're saying they're going to build that way because they're trading all these picks for stars and when you look at it that way like yeah that's great um and it's also like a lot of people like i've seen on twitter um like people have been clowning the rams like there was a meme going around where somebody was like oh look at the rams draft picks this year and it was no picks like, it was clearly a joke, and people will be like, yeah, we have eight picks, dipshit. It's like, yeah, bro, seven of them are after 140. Like, <laughs> okay, like, yeah, we have eight picks. Five of them are in the sixth and seventh round. Five of them are in the 200s. Like, we shouldn't be bragging about this. People are allowed to make their jokes and let them. What we did worked. Like, we won the Super Bowl doesn't really matter if people are making fun of us for having no picks uh and um they could make fun all they want but i mean clearly it started a trend you know yeah no for sure it clearly started something i mean I, i was looking at i'm looking at the teams ordered by picks and the team right under us the miami dolphins doesn't pick until 102 because they're doing the same shit we did and hoping it works I don't know if it will, but uh, we'll see what happens. And like, you have to you have to temper your expectations with with these kind of picks. And we've talked about this on p- 
pods over the last couple of years, but hopefully we got some new listeners that haven't heard this yet. If the Rams, so they have eight picks. If they hit on one of these picks because they're so late, if one of them ends up being a starter, that's a win. Two of them, that's a fucking slam dunk, dude, because you like 104 in theory should be a playable player. You know, like uh, late third, early fourth. Hopefully you hit on that. Between 142 and 253, like you land one guy in those picks that can contribute. That's great. I mean, you look at last year's draft. um, They got Ernest Jones at 103. And then the guys that went after that, Bobby Brown, Robert Rochelle, Jacob Harris, Ernest Brown, Jake Funk, Ben Skoranek, Chris Garrett. I mean, it really, if Robert Rochelle is the only one of those guys that becomes a starter, that's fine, man. And it doesn't really appear any of those other guys have potential to become starters at this point. Maybe Jacob Harris can be something, but we that's kind of like outrageous to say at this point because he didn't play last year. Ernest Brown didn't even make the fucking roster. Uh, <laughs> Jake Funk, Ben Skoranek, those guys are not going to be starters. But, I mean, nope. for all the shit we've talked about him, like if Ben Skoranek, for the duration of his rookie contract, is a solid contributor on special teams – at 249, that is a successful pick, even if he's not playable at receiver. If you get four years of good special teams play out of him, that's fine. And if he's your fifth receiver, like you you can't expect 249 to be a starter. And that was kind of the basis of a lot of my anti-Ben Skoranek rants during the year, too, was like he shouldn't be expected to be doing anything. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So you mean to tell me you don't expect Tutu Atwell to be a starter? No, but and that's 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 a lot less excusable than all the shit I just talked because that was fifty-seven. You should be able to get a starter at that pick. Maybe, maybe that's why Les Snead trades them away because his success rate is much higher in the lower picks. Uh, no, I, that's that's obviously a joke. I mean. He's obviously drafted some some awesome players at, in the earlier rounds. Hell, we wouldn't have at nearly as much success as we had had they not, you know, selected Aaron Donald. So, yeah. Well, if you look at if you look at Les's, you know, his first and second round, yeah, like he's had some fucking home runs in it. A lot of the picks have been like players that were pretty good. Could have been better, but, like, not necessarily bust. Obviously, there's a handful of massive busts mixed, sprinkled in there. But, yeah, like, then there's Aaron Donald, Todd Gurley. You know, he gets Rob Havenstein at 57. He gets Cooper Cup at 69. Uh, they Overall, through all the misses, he's been a good drafter. And it's not easy to consistently find one to two players on day three that contribute. And I would say basically every year – um, like scrolling through his draft history, you know, last year aside because it's too early. Twenty twenty, he got Jordan Fuller in the sixth round. Twenty nineteen, he got David Edwards in the fifth. Uh, he got Nick Scott in the seventh. Who, you know, I'm not a huge Nick Scott fan, but Nick Scott in the seventh is a great pick. Twenty eighteen, he gets Sebastian Joseph Day in the sixth. Twenty seventeen, he gets Samson Ibukam in the fourth. I guess. <laughs> Uh, 2016, they had no picks and they basically missed on all of them except Tyler Higbee and Goff, if you count Goff. Um, gets a lot of murkier <laughs> before that, but these were the Sean McVay era picks. Um, so yeah, he's had success. I mean, but I don't know. It, it, it's there's a lot of holes on this team, and so I would say, assuming they pick at 104 or 104 at Jason. You know they're going to go best player available, as they should. Like, if if they could select... What do you think is the most important position to add a depth piece with their third and fourth round picks? 
uh, really like the only mildly meaningful picks they have in this draft. I, I think it, it's it's pretty simple. You got to go cornerback here. Uh, it, it's it, it's difficult because you have obviously Jalen Ramsey. He's going to do his thing. But beyond him, there is no more Darius Williams. There's no more Troy Hill. So you need to find a a filler for that spot. And David Long just hasn't seemed like the right answer. And Robert Rochelle, you know, we don't know yet. He had a rookie season last year. So it couldn't hurt to have more competition there. And uh, me personally, I think that's the biggest glaring need of the team overall is that cornerback. Uh, I, I, am I, am I over exaggerating a little bit there, Steve, or, or what do you think? No, I agree. I, I think that's probably priority. Number one, priority number two would be inside linebacker and priority. Number three would be offensive line. And I think unless inside there linebacker? is a, what'd you say? Inside linebacker? Did I say inside linebacker? My brain is you just did. so so trained to say that. Um, I meant to say <laughs> I meant to say outside linebacker. Uh, I've just, <laughs> I've just been saying that in draft conversations for the last like four fucking years. That my brain is just trained to do it. Uh, no, they should not take an inside linebacker in this draft. Uh, edge rusher, cornerback, offensive lineman, um, probably interior offensive lineman, but they, they could. You know, they draft they like drafting hybrids. If they do pick at one oh four, unless there is like a player who they have graded as like a first borderline first round pick, I think you have to select at one of those positions. Because like nowhere else is a like I don't really think any other position is a position to need. It'd be nice to add another safety, but like that we're fine there. Um, it'd be nice to add another tight end, but we've fucking been doing that. Like we don't need to do it again. Um, and so I think it's gotta be one of those three positions in with their early, early picks, obviously from like 175 on, you're just drafting players you think can be pros. Um, but 104, there's a lot of, there's a, should be a lot of players you think should be pros. And so I would, I I agree. I, I hope it's cornerback and it does like. Like, you don't feel good with a smorgasbord of third, fourth-round picks at cornerback going next to Jalen Ramsey. But that's the benefit of having Jalen Ramsey there. And, you know, Robert Rochelle and David Long, both of them might be something. I Did Dante Down sign anywhere yet? Maybe he comes back? Not to my knowledge, no. Yeah, so they're probably getting him back for free. Um, yeah. Well, um... What are your thoughts on like uh, an interior offensive lineman? Because I know technically speaking, we we could, you know, go. Um, oh damn, I'm drawing a blank here with what's his name, uh, Coleman Shelton. Oh, I could not remember his name for the life of me. Uh, we could have Coleman Shelton there as a potential starter, but. Do you think it would be wise to maybe draft a offensive guard higher? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I I think um, they're certainly going to add an interior offensive lineman in this draft, and, and they've drafted guys that play tackle and moved them to guard, like Joseph Noteboom. Um, yeah, I I would say like I would probably say cornerback one, offensive line two, edge rusher three, and I think edge rusher as. It is kind of it is going to be important to add somebody there too. I think that position they're going to look to either grab a vet off the scrap heap or make a trade during the season more than address it this early. And you still have Tara Lewis there, who I I don't I don't believe in personally, but maybe I, and I certainly don't fucking think the coaches believe in him either. But maybe that's something. I think I think corner and interior off the lineman are the top two because listen, man, I'm not gonna sit here and be confident that Coleman Shelton is gonna be the answer. And even if he might be the answer, it's insane for somebody to be confident about it unless you're Coleman Shelton's parents. Because like what evidence do we have at all that he can be the starter there? 
So those those are my top two, and it, I'd be disappointed if they come out of the fourth round with neither of those positions. And they've certainly done that to me in the past. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, I mean, how many times have we said, okay, the Rams need to draft inside linebacker. And, uh, yeah, they completely say, oh, well, just kidding. No, we don't need inside linebacker. And they roll with guys like Troy Reader and uh, Micah Kaiser. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes, they did. Uh, never forget, I as much as I like both of these players, the Cam makers Van Jefferson back-to-back in the second round that year, which is just unbelievable. Uh, one of the most wild things they've ever did until the following year where they took another receiver at the same pick. <laughs> you know what? You know what made me really depressed looking at this too? Okay, and let me take back depressed because we won the fucking Super Bowl. Who cares? Uh, I'm going to yep. be saying that a lot over the next year through anything negative about the team. The Chiefs pick six times before we make a selection. <laughs> You know, a team, whatever your outlook on them is, they are probably on the same tier as us. They pick six times before we make a draft selection. That is a bit depressing, isn't it? Wild, uh, man. Wild. I still I still don't think it's as depressing as, you know, a certain center being drafted over uh, – or not being drafted, rather, instead of Tutu Atwell – is is more depressing if you ask me, but um, he was right there. Creed Humphrey was right there. Just, just insane. It's insane. I, I feel like when on a pod last year leading up the draft, too, you brought up Creed Humphrey, and somebody was like, "Well, he's not going to be there, so why would we even talk about him?" And was well, like, yeah, I was, I was hoping and praying he would be there, and he was there, and the Rams watched him walk by. <laughs> Yep. Um. Well, I, I mean, we get we got a lot of pods before the draft. We could probably wrap it up. I mean, is there any? It's very early, but like, is there a third, fourth round prospect that you're eyeballing right now? I, I'm not the draft guy here, so I am not eyeballing anybody. I'm just eyeballing the the Super Bowl merch store for sales. But like, who are you eyeballing? Oh, this one's that's kind of tough. And I'll tell you why it's tough. Um, because at least in previous years, the the Rams were picking as as high as, you know, second or third round picks. Uh, because I mean, it's the draft. People, players, players rise, players drop, drop, but, um, <laughs> It's kind of one of those things where you can you can kind of guesstimate who's gonna be there in the second and third round pick, but when you're basically going in the fourth round, um, it's it's tougher to um, it's tougher to really get a hold of of who's gonna be there. I there's there's a couple guys that I do have hope. Um, I don't think he's going to be there, though. I think he's going to be drafted much higher. But one of the guys that I'm really hoping uh, drops to the Rams is an offensive guard from uh, Chattanooga. His name is Cole Strange. Pretty much the ideal candidate for the Rams. Um, because this is a guy that uh, was able to uh, play multiple positions on the offensive line. That's essentially what Sean McVay looks for in an offensive lineman prospect. And, you know, basically one of his biggest knocks is that he came from, you know, a smaller school. And that doesn't always translate into him not being a worthy enough prospect. So I'm hoping and praying that he'll be there. But my gut just tells me he's just not going to be there at, at pick 104, 103, or whatever it is. Yeah, maybe they go up and get him. Uh, I'm here for a guy whose last name is Strange. That sounds dope. Um, Doctor Strange. Yeah, like you mentioned, the knock is that he played for a small school. It's it, when you're when you're picking this late. 
it's kind of like a, a gibbon on the draft, but a lot of people still need to hear it. You are not getting a prospect that isn't flawed at 104. Every player that is on the board at this pick has multiple red flags about them. And some of the red flags might just be a lack of potential. And those are, I feel like those are a lot of the guys the Rams will target. It's like, well, what could he grow into? Like, well, if he's already good, we don't need him to be a star. You know, we don't need to draft the next Roger Saffold. We need to draft the next Austin Corbett. Like, that's all we need at 104 because you know you're not going to, you might get a, a, a diamond in the rough, but it's not likely. You just want a guy who can play and who could contribute. I'll tell you one thing. I, I think if he does end up falling to the Rams there, um, Strange will for sure, at, at the very least, uh, be a, a, a you know coveted backup. You know, and as we've seen in in this past year, backups are really important. So, um, as we know, the uh, depth has kind of been hindered a little bit due to this past off season. So certainly adding interior linemen at some point is going to help a lot. And Strange would definitely be a, a, a big get here. Yeah, I am for it. You know, this is easier to swallow now, but I forgot that the Chiefs also took Nick Bolton right after we took Tutu Atwell. <laughs> like, they drafted, we drafted Tutu Atwell. And then the Kansas City Chiefs select two players that we needed, and both ended up being really fucking good. <laughs> like that. Yeah. My God. We got Bobby. It's frustrating. So it's, it's okay. You know, Brian Allen's all right. We won the Super Bowl again. It's okay. But, uh, you know, it's just you can't win them all, I guess. Although that one no. was like. I don't know, that'd be like betting $100 on a team to win outright when they're down 40 in the fourth quarter. Like, you're just burning your money. Yeah, no no question. <laughs> well, I hope for the best for Tutu. Uh, you got any parting thoughts here before we wrap? Uh, just, uh, hey, you know, Dodger season is around the corner starting Friday, I believe. Friday? Yeah, I hey, think the, it's Friday. The Lakers are technically still playing. The Dodgers are starting Friday. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. These past few games have been, like, seriously trying my patience. Like, I, I feel like they're trying to end my life early because they start very strong. And for whatever reason, they're like, nah, never mind. You can have the win. We're just kidding. <laughs> I didn't realize that they're, they're like – Three and four. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, it, they it's, were. It's hard being a Laker fan right now. They were twenty, twenty-two, and they're twenty-one and nineteen, and now they're thirty-one and forty-seven. Holy fuck, dude! Yeah, and, and then I, I see like <laughs> they could still technically. I'm like, I don't want them to make the playoffs. Well, it's not it's it's not that out of reach, but like it's not going to happen because they just keep fucking losing. Like, <laughs> even if they did, why 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 do I want them there? They're going to get crushed. Like, <laughs> well, listen, okay, you have LeBron James, okay, you have a shot against anybody. It's not a good one with the way this roster is instructed, but like, if you're there, you never know. Uh, but it's very unlikely. LeBron, LeBron tweeted as an April Fool's Day joke that he was done for the year, and then like he he's probably done for the year if they pretty much. I mean, it wouldn't matter at this point. <laughs> <sighs> but hey, things are looking up for the Dodgers. Good for them. I, I hope you have success. Uh, I, I, I'm not, I don't root against the Dodgers. I, I do root against the Lakers a little bit, even though I like LeBron. Do, do you even root for baseball at all? Yeah, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm technically a Mets fan, but whatever. 
<laughs> yeah. I picked the Mets because I needed to support a local team. It was a little, uh, little aggressive that I supported none of them. Ah, <laughs> uh, fair enough. Fair Can't enough. wait to go to City Field though. Mets games are fun. All right. Uh, we'll be back next week. Apparently, Derek is going to be back tomorrow. Your guess is as good as mine as he actually do- is here. But uh, <laughs> follow us on Twitter at Cibarbero, at johnny 56 and at Talk Rams. We'll talk to you guys soon. How, how would you evaluate your season? Uh, I think we ain't done yet. You, you personally? I think we ain't done yet. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.